in summer of 2009. My girlfriend and I were on our yearly camping trip with her mom, dad, and her brother and his wife. That year, the six of us had traveled north from where we lived near Albany, New York, to a campground in the Adirondack Mountains. It was a small campground, but they did have full cabins there as well as sites for both RVs and tents. My girlfriend's parents rented one of the cabins for a week, and we planned to set up a tent for ourselves just outside of the cabin. We had left after work on a Friday. We ate dinner when we got there and hung out by the fire pit. The six of us talked about all sorts of things. It was a great first night. We were all tired though, so we headed to bed about 9.30. We'd been up since 5 a.m. that morning, having worked a full day, so we were all pretty tired. The moon was full, so there was plenty of light around, but not enough to see details beyond 20 feet or so. I pitched our tent relatively close to the cabin. My girlfriend's brother and his wife pitched their tent on the far side of the cabin about 50 feet away. About an hour later, after falling asleep, I was awoken by my girlfriend who had said she heard something outside our tent, but couldn't see anything out the mesh window. She thought it sounded like heavy footsteps walking through leaves and twigs as it moved around our site. We were near the center of the campground where there weren't too many trees. I listened a bit but could barely lift my head since I was so tired. I didn't hear anything so I told her not to worry and that whatever it was would probably move on soon. It was probably just some forest animal checking out our scent. I instantly went back to sleep but I woke up again when she nudged me awake a few minutes later saying that whatever it was had moved closer. She said that she could hear breathing outside the tent and felt like something was looking at her through the mesh window. Reluctantly gave in and woke myself up to check out what might be going on. I told her not to move as I slowly unzipped the flap of our tent. As soon as I did, my girlfriend let out a scream because something jumped from the area right outside our tent and jumped into the trees right across from us. We both saw it at the same time before it darted behind the trees. It then stopped and looked back at us. It was about seven feet tall, muscular, and had a large head with long hair. The creature didn't seem aggressive, but instead seemed curious as it stood there staring at us for what felt like a long time. It had yellow eyes that almost glowed in the dark, and I feel I saw a mouth with sharp teeth. After standing there for a few seconds, it turned and slowly walked away into the woods on the other side of the campground. I unzipped the tent flap all the way and stepped outside very cautiously. I looked in the direction that it had gone, but I couldn't see anything in the dark. I stood there for a bit listening before I went back inside the tent and zipped it up. I was now doubting if we had really seen anything at all, but at the same time, we both just laid there in our sleeping bags for several minutes, not saying anything and barely breathing. We were both in shock at what had just happened. We stayed awake for probably the next two hours, and we did both hear distant screaming noises a few times that night, but somehow we both finally fell asleep, although I have to admit I had dreams of being chased and running for my life through the forest. The next day, when we all got up and were making breakfast, I told my girlfriend's brother about what happened and asked him if he had heard or seen anything at all. But he said he hadn't, so 
it was looking as if only my girlfriend and I had experienced it. But later that day, after a morning hike, we were sitting in the cabin with her mom and dad when one of the campground managers came by with his dog. The dog looked like a German Shepherd mix. The dog was acting very strangely, as if he had spotted or smelled something unusual in the area and was trying to pull his owner towards it. The manager passed the time a bit talking to us and checking in on us before finally asking if we had seen anything like a bear around recently, saying that his dog seemed to be very interested in our area specifically. He was wondering what could possibly be up when we told him no. He seemed relieved, but said that he had received a report from other campers that they had seen a large black bear in the area, and that it was smart enough to have learned how to open up their locked food storage containers. I don't know if what we saw was a bear or not, but I do know that bears don't usually stand seven feet tall or walk on their back legs. I'm pretty sure bears are nocturnal, so there's that. What exactly did we see that night? I'm not sure, but it was definitely something very strange and out of the ordinary. My girlfriend and I are confident that it wasn't just a black bear, but something much more, and the fact that other campers had reported seeing something similar in the area lends credibility to our story. Live in an area that wasn't very developed, lots of sprawling forests. We had 10 acres and I was allowed to wander in the woods as long as I didn't cross the creek that was the border of the southern edge of the property. I was an adventurous child though, and there was a great natural pool that was up the creek past our property lines that I liked to visit. At this point, there weren't many other houses around. We had a few neighbors, but it was mostly undeveloped fields and forest. For some reason though, I crossed the creek and started up the slope on the other side, I guess I finally wanted to see what was on the other side. The whole grass is greener thing or something. Probably just because I was told not to, and I loved breaking rules. I remember stumbling upon a clearing with a camper in it, a sort of rundown camper. Now, it would be extremely challenging to get a camper this far into the woods. At least I'm pretty sure it would be a challenge. It's been a long time, and as a child the woods seemed endless there were no campgrounds around, and I don't know, I just had a weird feeling. I didn't see anyone, but I just knew that someone was living there, so I quickly left, crossed back over the creek, and hiked back to my house. I told my dad about it, but he told me not to worry and not to go back there. I am tempted to ask him if he remembers this, but he's going on 71 now, and I'm not sure he'd remember something that happened such a long time ago. I must have been about 12 when it happened. I was sailing around the Hebrides with a crew of six, and we're doing a three-on-three off-roto. At about 5 a.m., a thick layer of fog started to roll in, and the wind dropped. We must have been moving at most three-five knots. All of a sudden I see something in the distance and ask the first mate to check the radar to see if it is another vessel. Nothing on the radar. I ask him to check the charts to see if it's a land mass. Nothing on the charts. We use the telescope to try get a good look, but the fog was too thick. About two, three minutes later the mass starts to get larger and what seems closer and closer and until finally breaching and motoring past no more than 20 yards off our port side. I'm not sure what type of sub it is, 
but according to the first mate, he says it carries eight missiles armed with nuclear warheads. Creepiest thing is that the fog lifted no less than two minutes after it passed. Freaked me out being so close to something that can cause so much destruction. I know I'm late, but I searched for Spirit of the Woods on here, and found nothing. Spent many summers living the southeast of Tennessee's wilderness. One period, I went off-grid and stayed out there for eight months. I still had contact with people, but during the late winter, early spring, I was very secluded. If you ever hike through wooded areas with little underbrush, occasionally the trees will line up and you can see further through them than normal. When this happens, the collective mystic condensation seems to concentrate in the space between the trees. Makes sense. One time I was on a particularly long walk on a logging trail and noticed that mist. It could have been the seclusion causing me to see things that weren't there. But this time, the mist seemed to pulse. I'm weird when I get scared. I get mad at myself and tell scared me that I'm being irrational. I make myself face it. This time was no different. As soon as I made that decision in my head, the entire forest fell silent. If you've ever heard crickets get in sync and go silent before, this was the same thing. The mist continued to pulse, but it stopped shrinking as much. With each pulse it grew larger. I couldn't do anything but stare at first, then. And again, I was more than a little freaked at this point. My mind decided that the mist wasn't pulsing slightly bigger. It was approaching me. F. That. I was hiking light, kipak with my camera, journal, and some through supplies. So I just ran. As soon as I made the decision to turn and run, the forest sounds came back and seemed louder than ever. Like the whole time it was there, but the mist was blocking it out. It was telling me to run that I was doing the right thing. As I said, I have this perverse behavior where I almost like being afraid, that I make myself face whatever irrationality hits me. I still have not gone hiking alone to this day. Late 70s, my dad and his buddies went trekking out in northern Siberia in late fall. Being several days from the nearest village, the likeliness of encountering other humans was extremely unlikely. Having set camp for the night, about a week into their journey, the party started a campfire. About halfway through the night, the guy watching noticed two figures approaching the camp from the woods. It was two guys. Wearing prison fatigues, thing was nearest gulag type facility, was at least 200 kilometers away. My dad's buddy pulled a rifle on them and asked them to stop. They asked if they could warm themselves by the fire so Dad's friend woke everyone up. They stayed for around a half hour in Dad and co-fed them some food. The two guys started getting anxious and after about an hour decided it was time to leave. They left into the dark forest and my dad didn't ever hear about them again. In the morning they tried to follow their tracks but the heavy snowfall had made search impossible. had been told of a good fishing spot on the Roaring River by a friend. My buddy and yeah. I left a car at the Roaring River campground and drove up the little north fork or skirting the ridge above the river. 
We drove to the end and walked a trail down to the river about one half miles. We figured we were six, seven miles from the campground. We got to the river at about 9 a.m. while walking down the river for about four or five hours fishing. My buddy and I came across a wide bend in the river, fairly deep 15 feet or so. There was a mud trail coming out of the water, as if we had scared someone or thing. We arrived at the site. There was a trail of wet sand and footprints, leaving the water and into heavy brush. We looked at the prints and were stunned at their length. They were a size 17-18. Two of the prints were extremely clear. At the time, we thought we were close to the campground, so we didn't think much of it. We didn't reach the campground till nearly dark. A few months later, there was an article in the Oregonian by Phil Sanford who wrote a column regularly about a sighting by two women from Oregon City at the Roaring River campground area. Here it's late at night at round 12, so close to an hour ago, as of posting. I live in Arkansas and outside city limits, but not too far into the woods. I still have neighbors. I was playing on my phone when I heard the sound of a primate outside my house from inside my room. Years ago, my dad had told me he heard something similar, like he heard what sounded like an ape in the woods one day. I never believed him. I'm not sure what kinds of animals could make sounds similar to that type of animal. This is an account of what myself and a friend witnessed on May 15. 1997. We were sitting at the river's edge on the Malala River near the logging bridge, which is near the train trestle and the old Malala forest road. There were a bunch of young people partying just before we got there and had left a big mess. Two nice people stayed behind. We chatted with them for a while and started hearing small noises in the woods about 50 yards behind us. The four of us figured it was the police checking things out, so it was about 9.30 p.m. at this time, and the two people who stayed behind decided to leave because it was getting late. About one minute after they left, I was taking a leak over by the bridge and heard a large thrashing sound going through the water. Needless to say, I did not stick around and know it was in no way a deer, elk, or bear, because I've been an avid hunter for years. My friend, however, is a little fearless at times, so he decided to go take a look. And this is what he saw. Following the sound going across the water, my eyes focused on an area about 10 feet from the far bank of the river. The area was a swift moving rapid that was about 5 feet deep. In the moonlight I saw a figure crossing the river as it lunged through the water that was only waist deep on it. The figure was a person because of the immense size of it. And it was about as wide as two good-sized men, and the five-foot deep water only arose slightly over its waist. As it disappeared into the woods, we could hear the sound of large limbs being snapped like twigs. It was about then that we decided to leave the scene. I just finished my initial military training PASIC ate a few other classes, and got sent to my first duty station. My unit was at NTC for pre-deployment training, so I met up with the rear echelon. I get issued my room and spent three very disturbed days nights 
in the barracks with weird stuff happening like gear, not where I left it. Locked drawers being opened, the microwave turning on by itself. Shit like that. My roommate who I knew throughout training showed up on the fourth day, and I told him something along the lines of watch your shit. Someone's been messing with my stuff and I don't know who. So the fourth night comes around and myself and my roommate secure our room and gear and go to bed. That'll be up at 5.30 for PT, so it's an early night. We lock all our stuff and go to bed. I woke up around 1, cause my blanket had fallen to the ground, and I was cold, which was weird, cause we were in the south in summer, so it's always hot. I hop down to get my blanket, and I notice my armoire is open, so I open the lock, close it, lock it, and get back to bed. I fell back asleep pretty easy. But I woke up again at about 2.30 and all my stuff and my roommate's stuff is thrown around the room. I wake up my roommate and he's pissed because someone is messing with us and can't figure out who it is. We clean it up, lock our stuff and go back to bed. I woke up a third time at 3.37 and we're not alone. I can hear my roommate snoring so I know it's not him. I set up and saw someone in the little kitchenette area with the fridge open looking in it. I was freezing again. I was about to say something as the soldier turned around. My eyes had a moment to adjust to the bright light, and then I started recognizing gear like the L-shaped flashlight on his shoulder, his Alice pack with magazine holders and canteens, dudes, and fatigues. This dude was combat ready as my eyes reached his face. He turned a bit and I could see it. Half his head and helmet were gone, blown off by the looks of it. I'm scared shitless at this point. He closed the fridge, walked across the room keeping his bright green eyes on, opened my front door and walked out. As he exited he turned back around and said to me, be safe. Word I didn't sleep the rest of the night. I didn't wake my roommate up. I just sat up in bed for about two hours till I had to get ready for PT. 6.30 rolls around so everyone is outside the barracks in formation, getting ready to start PT, and the acting first sergeant says, Hey, Nachos, you good? Looks like you seen a ghost. I replied with, negative. I'm fine, one SG good to go. About halfway through PT, he comes up to me and asks me what's wrong, because I'm visibly shaken up. I told him I was fine, just couldn't sleep last night. A few others asked if I was okay, and I just lied and said I was fine. I really wasn't, and they could see that, but they let me be. After PT ended the acting, one's G pulled me to the side and told me to speak freely, openly, and with all confidentiality and off the record. What is wrong? I told him that if I told him what happened, he would think I'm batshit crazy. He assured me it was off record and once again said talk to me. You seriously look like you've seen a ghost. That got an awkward chuckle out of me and I began to tell him my story and when I got to the part about his head, the acting 1SG lost his shit. Who the F put you up to this? This is not funny, etc. He smoked me for about 30 minutes, made me do push-ups, mountain climbers, stuff like that all while yelling at me that I'm a piece of shit. Finally, after about 30 minutes of that, he says, Look at me in the eye and swear on everything that you love that you're not lying to me. 
I told him I was not lying. It happened. So he says follow me, so I do. We get to the command office, which I had never been in, and they were obviously locked. He takes me behind three locked doors and three rooms I had never stepped foot in, and when he opened the last door I saw it. He gave me chills. It still gives me chills. But plan as day, there's the soldier's portrait behind the commander's desk. I froze and said, that's him, acting 1SG, the guy who assigned me that room told me who it was. He was a corporal in the unit on my unit's first deployment to Iraq, and he died in an IED attack that took off part of his head. I was the first soldier to be assigned that room since it belonged to the deceased corporal. He forgave me, and I forgave him, and he told me some stories about who this guy was. I deployed with that unit just a couple months later and spent 12 months fighting in that shithole. I nearly died. I don't know how many times. My vehicle got hit with IEDs and rockets, and it always made me think of that corporal who survived more things than most people can image. And I always felt like that corporal was keeping an eye out for me. Not everyone in my unit was as lucky as me. Three from my company didn't get to come home. As I was washing up in the runoff creek, I noticed my dog quickly became startled. I noticed my dog getting up and putting his nose into the wind. I saw him become scared as his hairs on his back raised. Instead of barking or growling, he quickly backtracked, never losing sight of what he was tracking. When I looked in the direction he was looking, I realized why he was scared. There was a large creature coming out of the woods about 40-50 yards ahead, downstream and downwind from me. The creature leisurely walked out from the trees and stopped at the riverbank. At first, I thought it was a person. Then I looked closer and noticed it was all in black, head to toe. I noticed its big arms covered in a thick black coat, and its hands all black as well. By this time, my dog was looking extremely concerned. My dog was on edge, acting erratic. Then I caught a glimpse of the creature's profile and noticed his face was all black as well with sharp features, strong cheekbones, and black lips. The creature never turned to look at me. I don't think it even noticed me or my dog. It never looked at us, I realized, because we were upwind from it. At that point, I wasn't sure what I was looking at, though I knew I had never seen anything like it before. I instinctively ducked below the riverbank and calmly and slowly moved away upstream. I signaled my dog to follow, and he instinctively understood. When I was far enough away, I raised my head up to see if I could still see it. It wasn't where I last spotted it, and that alerted me to leave. I made my way back to camp only a hundred feet further from the stream, and I told my girlfriend what I saw. We both were became startled, since we were deep in the woods, far from the main road. We immediately packed up our camp and left the site within ten minutes. I never thought that what I had seen was a Bigfoot. I didn't know what I had seen, actually. I couldn't explain it, until we drove into Portland the next night. That night, we ate at a local diner, and I picked up the local paper. One of the main stories was in regards to Bigfoot sightings. I read it thinking the topic was of interest, and realized many people had sighted Bigfoot around the area where I saw the creature. Also, all the sightings were of an all-black creature. 
This really caught my attention because all my life, I thought Bigfoot was brown. That is when I first realized that what I had seen might have been a Bigfoot sighting. Grew up around the country, I grew up looking for Bigfoot. My grandmother had about 100 acres or so out between Jasper, Oregon, and Lowell. She had cattle, and we were driving out to look after them most every day, not just on the weekends. And I always had an eye open for something, but never once did I ever see or hear anything. And then, and then I see something along at five on a rainy night, and it saw me. We knew I was staring at it. The hair on it wasn't pretty kind of a naive. All these years later, I'm still a little in disbelief, but it sat like an ape with long arms and legs, and it stood up and there was no mistaking that this thing was exceedingly tall. I don't know what else I can offer. My apologies for reporting something that happened in 1997. It's funny, like I said, I grew up looking for Bigfoot or Sasquatch, more or less because of where I lived, and then I see it, or whatever I saw, and I almost wish I hadn't. Kind of shook me up. Still does a little. My friends and I were way into Frisbee golf a while, so after we graduated high school, we decided to go camping down in Moab, Utah. We were lucky enough to find a really cool course a bit away from Moab. When we got there, an old man said we needed to pay $10 a night. We did. Then we slept in our tent inside a yurt. That night we went to sleep with our backpacks in the tent. The morning we woke up and saw all our backpacks were outside the tent in the yurt's doorway. In my friend's camera there were pictures on his camera that showed all of us sleeping. Nernt, I don't know how the old man could have done that without waking us up. I have never ever been able to sleep in a private campsite since. It was elk season 2021, October, about 6 p.m. W. And on the upper Abaqua, Ori and two others were driving slowly along the north-south road, Ori in the passenger seat, when he saw a 12-15 foot creature walking, swinging its arms, crouched walking in the same direction they were driving. They all of a sudden shot straight out very rapidly and was gone. It was black, very broad and very stout, like a big tree. Asked how he knew the size, and Ori said he was a carpenter, and a good judge of height. Later Ori took some very good tape recordings of the creatures, a barking, drawn out howl similar to many other tapes I've heard, only a much better quality and no barking dogs. Miami police officer in large city. There are housing projects in my sector that house low-income residents and also some suffering from mental health issues. There's an elderly Haitian woman who calls late at night and swears she can hear ghosts and voodoo spirits in her residence. And the first time I showed up with my partner, I told her I would go in and speak with the ghosts and close the bedroom for about five minutes, then opened it and she hesitantly entered with me. I told her I asked them to leave, and they need her permission to come back. She celebrated and said she can no longer see them, and thanked us. This woman is otherwise quite articulate and intelligent, 
and always refuses medical help. She will call 911 periodically every three, four months for similar reasons. And I'll go in with a water bottle with no label and go in and have her point the location where she saw them. And I sprinkle some holy water in the area and she thanks us and offers us food. We always politely decline and exit the residence. was a caregiver in a retirement home for six months at the beginning of the pandemic. We had one patient, ELE, let's call them Robert, that was mute. So when they called us because they needed something, of course, we would just hang up and go to their rooms. I had been on vacation for a week and my co-workers, and I didn't have the chance to go over what had happened while I was away. We had 24 patients for two caregiver. So we would split the unit in half, 12 residents for each caregiver, and we would help the other if needed. So, the first shift after my vacation, I was taking care of Robert's unit. Few minutes after I arrived, I got a call from Robert's room. So, I hang up, finish with my current patient and count me walk to the room. When I arrived, the door was locked, which was really unusual since Robert usually leaves the door open. I knock and lock the door and open it. To my surprise, the room was pitch black except the television that was turned on. It took me a few minutes to realize that Roberts wasn't in the room. So I called my coworker and asked, have you seen Roberts? And that's when they told me, oh well. Yeah, mum. He passed away two days ago, all right. Weird, but not the first time that our system glitches like that and we get a phone call in empty room. I go on with my shift like nothing happened. I had left the door open when I was helping another patient walk to the kitchen when we passed Robert's room. They said, hi Robert, I thought you were at the hospital. Welcome back. I was 100% convinced that the room was hunted now. We would get a call from that room a few times a week until Robert's was buried and after that, nothing else happened in that room. We've also had another patient calling us because there was Mike sitting in his chair every night. Mike was the name of the patient that passed away in that room. They had never met. My brother and I have this campsite about two hours drive out of the eastern side of Melbourne, Australia. A quick run on a Friday night after work to a really, really secluded spot of a logging trail off the main road. The road is good enough for a standard car to handle, and on many occasions, a whole convoy of us would make the trip up for the weekend. This is a really quiet spot, and it would be extremely rare to even have another car come up the road. Other people would use the same spot from time to time, however. You would see the remains of old campfires and occasionally rubbish left behind. But then one time, we found a couple of graves, new ones. Two plots side by side, maybe 10 meters away from what you would call the main thoroughfare. About 7 foot by 3 feet wide. All the soot had been carefully picked up and then put back in over the top, but there was no mistaking what they looked like. So we started digging with the small camp spade we had. The ground had most definitely been dug up. We dug down maybe 2 feet on one hole and gave up I guess, and a stop by the police station town on the way home. They went digging, but I don't know if they found anything. They left mounds of dirt up there, so they went looking. 
perfect spot to make someone disappear up there. If you wander 50 yards out of the main camp, you are in some thick, thick bush. Only way to move around is to follow a wombat trail.